somebody in an airport and they look like they're a little bit sad and you just go over and say listen I don't want to butt in your business but like are you okay you want to talk can I pray for you I mean being on mission with Jesus is joining Jesus in the work that he is doing and really for each one of us Jesus is always at work and Jesus is looking for people like you and like me who are willing to say Lord I'm available I want to partner with what you're doing Jesus is at work in this world always, though you may not always see it. In today's message, Pastor Daniel will be inviting you into Jesus' mission and offering ways in which you can join him. You don't need to be trained in the ministry or have a job in the church to bless other people. You can show them Jesus in everyday, ordinary situations. Pastor Daniel will encourage you to ask Jesus to open your eyes and show you where you can help. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Romans chapter 10 as he begins his message, Life on Mission. So I remember when I first came to know Jesus, I remember I didn't quite know exactly what it really meant to follow Jesus. I mean, Having grown up in a family that, you know, uh, we were kind of culturally Catholic, it's like, you know, being, you know, uh, going to church, we'd go here and there, but it didn't really do anything for us other than it was like we just went there, you know? And so I remember when, when I became what the Bible would call born again, when I put my faith and trust in Jesus, my first thought was like, oh man, there went my fun times, right? Because, because it's like, you know, the idea, of course, was that we, when someone, uh, when someone's a Christian, they just don't know how to have any fun. You know what I mean? And so I remember just being kind of like bummed about that. Like, man, like I, I used to be a pretty fun person and then I can become a Christian and then it's going to be no fun. And so, and, and so, but really what it is, is that was just the naivety and the, and the ignorance of me being where I was. Cause what I didn't realize is that Jesus said that he had come that we might have life, that we'd have life what? More abundantly. And so when a person comes to know Jesus, sure, your definitions of fun changes. And there's a lot of things that I used to think were fun that were just evil. You know what I mean? I didn't know it at the time. It was evil. I know it now. I'm sorry if you were involved with that with me in those days. But, but the idea is, is your definition of fun changes. But God wants us to have life and have life more abundantly. And one of the ways God does that is he invites us to be a part of his kingdom. Now, I know that phrase is strange because, you know, kind of day if someone comes and they're running for office, I want you to be a part of my kingdom. We're like, uh, thanks anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be in your kingdom. But, but the idea of God's kingdom, it's where God reigns, right? And when God begins to reign in your heart, then you want to join God in the ushering in of that kingdom because where God reigns, that's where blessings are. That's where God's peace exists. That's where everybody and everything flourishes because it all works together the way God, the King designed it to work together. And so we get invited into this work of God's kingdom that we like to hear at Crossroads, we like to call it being on mission. That really, we don't, the church doesn't need to get a mission or a vision to figure out what to do. God already has a, a mission. He's looking for the church to be involved. 
And I want to share with you today a message about what does it mean to live your life on mission? What does it mean to live your life in the ways that God would have? I remember when I first started walking with Jesus, all the amazing things I got invited into almost immediately. I remember when they were like, hey, you know, we're going to go feed people who, who need food. Do you want to come? Sure. Right. And then you go and like, you know, and as you're there and you're and you're feeding people and you're taking care of them, you're like, hey, they need they need combs, too. They need this. They need that. I need a comb, too. You know, what I mean, like, you know, it's like you start realizing there's all these needs there. And what I found was what Jesus taught us is that you're more blessed to give than receive. And I lived my whole life receiving. And I was always wondering why I just never felt kind of satisfied or contented. But then when I started to be on mission, I started to realize that when I gave of myself self-sacrificially, there was no more fulfilling thing because my joy came not from me getting what I wanted, but from me helping somebody else. And then you realize this is exactly what Jesus taught us. So he's doing this and like, hey, do you want to take a trip to another country? Or what are we going to do there? We're going to go do this, we're going to do this. And then before you know, you're taking all these. And then you start to realize that you don't have to be mission on mission when you're seeing someone in extraordinary need. All of a sudden, you're in the grocery store and, and someone looks like they're having a hard time with their basket. Like, hey, I know this might be weird, but can I help you with that? Right? You see somebody in an airport and they look like they're a little bit sad and you just go over and say, listen, I don't want to butt in your business, but like, are you okay? You want to talk? Can I pray for you? I mean, being on mission with Jesus is joining Jesus in the work that he is doing. And really for each one of us, Jesus is always at work. And Jesus is looking for people like you and like me who are willing to say, Lord, I'm available. I want to partner with what you're doing. Lord, what are you up to right now? How can I be a part of it? And so we're going to explore that together today. I know you're all excited. Like, let's get into this. Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 10, verse 14. Romans 10, verse 14. We're going to go all the way into Romans chapter 11 as well. So I always remind people that the the chapter breaks in your Bible, not inspired by the Holy Spirit, right? The text is inspired, but somebody later put in all the numbers and the chapter breaks. And so sometimes they, they don't always end at the perfect spot, at least for what I want to do today. So we're in this series in Romans 9, 10, and 11. So Romans chapter 10, verses 14, and we'll go all the way to chapter 11, verse 10. It says this in Romans chapter 10, verse 14. It says, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Verse 17. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, the Apostle Paul just said, right before where we started, says, for whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So really what you find is that salvation comes by a person calling upon the name of the Lord. And then Paul moves on from an individual coming to know Jesus to how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him on whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? So the idea is in order for someone to call upon the name of the Lord, first they need to 
know who they're calling upon. And the only way they can know who they're calling upon is if somebody tells them about it. They hear about it. And how are they going to hear about it unless someone goes and tells them about it? And how is someone going to tell them about it unless someone sends that person? So I would say to you this, I want to give you a principle for life on mission. It's simply this, that sharing is caring. Now that's a great, if you're a parent, you write that one down. Because it's true when you have two kids, right? They both want the same thing. You say, hey, sharing is caring, right? Now there's nothing worse than that when your kids learn that and you're eating an ice cream sundae and they're like, dad, sharing is caring. You're like, uh, no. Caring is leaving dad alone when he eats his ice cream. No, I'm just kidding. I don't really say that, but I want to. But the idea is sharing is caring. Now, the reason I say that is because, listen, this talks about the idea of people sharing their faith, what they have. Now, all the time, and, and I realize we live in a day and age where people get like offended by the fact that the church wants to share their faith. But here's, guess what? You shouldn't be offended at all because everybody shares about what gets them excited. How many of you had a TV show recommended to you by a friend in the last one month? Almost all of you. Sharing is caring, right? The TV show blesses them and like, hey, I've been watching this TV show. You got to watch it. I must have gotten 50 of those recommendations and some of them are not so good. I'm just kidding. Someone's like, oh, what did I ask? But the idea is, is that we share about the things that excite us, right? And listen, Don't for one second believe the lie that if you're a follower of Jesus, because Jesus is the best thing in the world, that you should feel bad at all about someone like, hey, I follow Jesus and it is awesome. Does that make sense? See, we live in this day and age where you could tell people, you got to go to this restaurant because they got the awesomest chili cheese fries. Or you should go watch this TV show because it's really amazing. Or this movie, you should watch it because it is absolutely heartbreaking or it's absolutely encouraging or it's inspiring, right? You could say that about all these things, but they say, but whatever you do, don't tell anybody about your faith because that is offensive and that is very personal. No, it's not. Stop that. See, you know what the problem is? Our culture only wants to set the guidelines for what you're allowed to share about. That's what they want. They want to own the guardrails. And guess what? Jesus says, no. He said, no. Listen, you should not be ashamed to say, listen, I believe in Jesus. I'll never forget this. And those of you who know my bride, Lynn, you know this to be true. My bride, Lynn, is a joyful person. She's just full of joy, right? And I remember my bride met a gal that her older brother was dating. And Lynn's just a joyful person. And I remember this gal says to her brother, is she on medication? Because <laughs> she's so happy, you know what I mean? And my brother-in-law, Paul, is so funny. He's like, no, she's not on medication. She follows Jesus. Now, he doesn't, he hasn't put his faith and trust in Jesus. And I'm like, how cool is that? He cares about his sister. He's like, she's not on medicine. She's got Jesus. And he's sharing the gospel. See, listen, All of us, if you've come to know Jesus, and if Jesus is doing a work in your life, don't ever be ashamed of that. Don't ever be ashamed of what he's doing. When someone says, what's going on in your life? Say, this is what's going on in my life. I always like to remind people that your testimony, because sometimes people get scared about sharing. Maybe you you have a past that you have shame about, or you're, you're like, man, that was not the best part of my life or whatever. Listen, your testimony is a reminder that your past doesn't have to be your destiny. Right? So don't be ashamed to share about who Jesus is. Because really what the Apostle Paul is getting at here in these verses is he's saying that the only way for someone to call upon Jesus 
is when they believe in him. And the only way for a person to believe in Jesus is that they've heard about Jesus. And the only way they can hear about Jesus is if somebody proclaims it to them, somebody preaches to them. And then the only way someone can preach it to them is if someone feels sent to go. Now, oftentimes people hear this, they go, this is about Pastor Daniel and the Pastor Crossroads preaching. Now listen, your life is preaching every single day. The Apostle Paul says that all of us are living epistles of the work of Jesus. So it's not about this is your role in the body of Christ. All of our lives are being lived out loud. There's not one of us that doesn't live our life out loud unless you are completely cloistered from everybody. You have no interactions with anybody. So seeing that you're all here or you're joining us online, you have interactions with people, your life is being lived out loud. And that is a form of proclamation, who you are. Don't miss the fact there's an old saying that actions speak what? Louder than words. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't use words because the Apostle Paul is talking about using words. But actually, the quality of our lives oftentimes tell what we really believe. Some would say, I believe in Jesus. And then they're mean to everybody and everyone's like, I'm not so sure. Jesus died for people who were broken. Right? So our actions speak. Our words speak. And really what we see in these verses is that we are saved so that we can serve. We're saved so that now we can join God with this life. I mean, we don't serve to get saved. We serve out of the overflow of our salvation. And so what I want to tell you unequivocally is all of you, listen, you are sent by Jesus. All of us, once we come to know Jesus, then he now in turn sends us out into the world. He sends us to share the good news of who he is. And then, of course, he quotes in verse 15, Isaiah chapter 52, verse 7. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Now, I mean, it's a strange phrase, especially we live in a weird world, but like the idea of the feet being beautiful, it means the people who come bringing the good news of Jesus, how beautiful is it that they're here? I mean, think about the people who were the proclamation side of what God has done in your life, the people who brought you the good news. Don't you cherish those folks? I'm so grateful for my friends, first two people to ever share the good news of Jesus with me. The fact that they showed up in my life, powerful. You also start to realize that when the early church began in Israel, literally halfway around the world, the fact that any of us today believe in Jesus is because somebody took these verses seriously and went on mission. I mean, the gospel has been permeating into every nation because people have decided, hey, I need to go and bring this. Sharing is caring. It's not enough for me to personally be saved. Because I'm saved now, I want other people to know how awesome this is. I'm willing to give of myself. And for each person who goes, their feet are beautiful because the message that they bring is beautiful. Their presence is beautiful because of who they are the ambassador of. And then not only that, he also says in verse 16, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? And that's a quote also from Isaiah chapter 53, verse 1. Lord, who has believed our report? 
And it says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? By the word of God. See, faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. That's why as a church, now you got to realize the apostle Paul is writing that before they have what we call the New Testament. So the word of God was what we know of as the Old Testament. Actually, when Paul is writing, he doesn't even realize, hey, I'm writing my, some, I'm going to be writing the New Testament right now. Didn't even realize it. But the thing is, is as a church family, we have such a high value on the word of God. Why? Because faith comes by hearing. But faith in Jesus doesn't come by hearing everything. It comes by hearing specific things. The word of God. With the sharing, look at what it says. And I think it's important to get the flow of this. It says this in verse 16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed. Their sound has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the earth. But I say, did Israel not know? First Moses said, I will provoke you to jealousy by those who are not a nation. I will move you to anger by a foolish nation. But Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found by those who did not seek me and I was made manifest to those who did not ask for me. But to Israel, he says, all day long I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. Now, this is important. If you're going to live your life on mission, you have to realize that not all who hear say yes, right? Not all who hear will say yes. Now, here's the thing. For many of us, we get scared about sharing the good news of who Jesus is in our life because like, they might not believe. Well, guess what? Not all who hear will believe. You gotta think about, I think we have to think about doing the work of ministry, sharing the good news of Jesus, kind of like a, a hitter does in baseball. If you're a great hitter in baseball, you get to hit one out of every three times, That means you fail two out of every three times. You know, I think there's only a handful of players in the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame who have a lifetime batting average of over 333. Which means that for most baseball players, professional players, they are only succeeding in getting a hit one out of about every four times. And in a lot of ways, when you share your faith, nobody bats a thousand Nobody sees everybody respond. And the Apostle Paul gets to this because really what he's saying, because he's talking about the children of Israel, he's saying, listen, what's going on here is that all who hear, they don't all say yes. And that's okay. Your job is not to make people say yes. Your job is to share. It's God's job to work in people's lives so that they say yes. And so the Apostle Paul says, although faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, but I say to you, have they heard? Is it a problem that the children of Israel haven't heard? He says, yes, indeed. And then in verse 18, he quotes Psalm 19, verse 4. The sound has gone out to all the earth and their words to the end of the world. He's saying, listen, the people have heard. The children of Israel have already heard. It's gone out to everybody. Then in verse 19, but I say, did Israel not know? First Moses says, I will provoke you to jealousy by those who are not a nation. Now that's a quotation from Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 21. And I will move you to anger by a foolish nation. And then of course, that he quotes Isaiah, where it says, 
I was variable in saying, I was found by those who did not seek me, and I was made manifest by those who did not ask for me. And to Israel, he says, all day long I have stretched out my hand to a disobedient and a contrary people, which is Isaiah chapter 65, verses 1 and 2. So you know what Paul does? This idea that you need to hear, the word needs to go out. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So you need to share, but that not all who hear say yes. He begins to just quote scripture. Look at the Psalms. Look what Moses says. Look what Isaiah says. He's saying, this is as old as the scriptures. See, really what's going on here is the fact that the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, have put their faith in Jesus. Paul's saying, guess what? Moses told the children of Israel that was going to happen, that they were going to be provoked by a nation who was undeserving. He's saying, that's what's happening right now. The fact that people who grew up outside of belief in God are putting their faith and trust in God, that's exactly what he was talking about. He says, listen, the gospel is that God goes out and finds people who did not seek them. See, he's showing that as long as the people of children of Israel have had the gospel, this has always been the case. Now, how does that change your ability to share the good news? When you realize that it's not your job to make people believe it. You know, there's a lot of people who do that in the name of sharing the gospel. Right? Where it's like, it's my responsibility to make you believe it. And that's what happens when you don't trust in the Lord. Our job is to scatter the seed. Our job is not to harass people, bribe people. I mean, the church historically has gotten in trouble for all those things, right? Where you harass people in the name of Jesus. You don't need to do that when you trust the Lord, right? Bribing people and you put your, I'll give you money or whatever. You know, you have all these things that go on. But literally, our job is just to share the good news. And it's the Father's job to do the work of the kingdom. But listen, you just have to know, don't, don't stop sharing with people. You know what you also have to remember? Sometimes when you share the gospel with people, they're just not ready to receive it yet. I remember when my friends Mike and Jeff started sharing the gospel with me, I was not anywhere near believing it in the beginning. It took them years. But they didn't throw in the towel. They prayed. They told me later how they would talk about it, about, man, that didn't really go well at all. Or maybe we shouldn't have said that. And he's really a handful, but we knew that already, you know? And it takes time. It was cool. One of the missionaries that we sent overseas was uh, someone who I got to be involved in them coming to know Jesus. And it was really awesome because as she was sharing, her and her husband are now in the Stan region in the Black Sea area, you know, what used to be the southern area of Russia before it, uh, it broke up into a number of different nations. And she was sharing a story about how upset she'd get when I'd share the good news with her. You know, how mad she'd be. She's like, I just don't like that guy, you know? But now she's my sister in Christ and she's bringing the gospel to a region that doesn't have a strong church. Jesus is... Pastor Daniel urged you today to share your faith unashamedly. Many in society talk about what makes them happy and what brings them joy, but faith is a topic seldom on the table for discussion. Pastor Daniel reminded you that when you have someone like Jesus who saved you and has given you hope, you should shout it out to the world. Tell people of the grace you've encountered and how they can have it too. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. Thanks so much for tuning in today. It's such an amazing honor to share God's word. And I love seeing how God is working through this ministry. Would you partner with us? 
I'd love for you to join us in sharing the message that Jesus is real by being a prayer partner or financial supporter. Find out more by visiting our website, jesusisrealradio.com. Hey, this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to JesusIsRealRadio.com, click on the Stations option in the main menu, and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Join us again here on Jesus Is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel will encourage you to keep speaking the gospel message, no matter what. Don't let fear of rejection slow you down. Pastor Daniel will remind you that not everyone who hears the truth will accept it you'll likely hear no from people more often than not. That's no reason to stop, though. Keep speaking truth and clinging to Jesus. Let him change lives through you. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series called Plot Twist. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radio.